for the title. Got it. Good snap. The hold is down. It's long enough. It is good. Welcome to another edition of In Play. I'm Craig Matic. Today's guest, one of the all-time greatest girls track athletes in South Dakota history. She holds the record for most career gold medals at the state track meet with 11. And at one time, our guest was the state record holder in the state in the 100-meter dash. Her senior year, she's the state champ in the 100, the 200. She's a part of the 4 by one and the 4 by 2 relay for Rapid City Central. She is one of the great sprinters and even went on to Colorado State. She's Rapid City Central's Megan Trotter. Megan, welcome to In Play. Well, thank you, Craig. What an introduction. I'm I'm quite humbled by that. And what an absolute honor it is, you know, to take a walk down memory lane with you this evening and to relive my, my career as a, a cobbler. And if you pass any cobbler on the street, they will be the first to say, once a cobbler, always a cobbler. So thank you again for this opportunity. Well, don't tell me it's been 20 years since you were burning up all the tracks across South Dakota. Has it been 20 years already? It's, it seems like a lifetime ago, but you know, during this, this spring and this, this time of year, it's, it's hard not to get nostalgic and feel like it was just yesterday. You know, I can still feel the heat on the track and I can still hear, you know, Dave Dolan and coach Hushka in my ear. And, and I think of all my incredible teammates that many of whom I still call amazing friends to this day. So in some ways it seems like a lifetime and, And in other ways, it seems like just a few years. Were you involved with any other sports at Rapid City Central during your high school career? Early on, um, I was, I played basketball. And and in fact, I really thought that basketball would be my career at Rapid City Central. I I didn't have any plans of of being a sprinter. So um, early on, that was sort of where I thought my my career and uh, my legacy as a cover would go. But you know, the stars aligned differently and there was a different plan. And as I sort of began to hone in on my skills in track and field, I decided I am going to invest 150% of myself into track and field. And hmm. so I did focus solely uh, on track and, and had to hang up my basketball shoes. <laughs> well, was there somebody who influenced you to participate in track? Oh, absolutely. I, I still have this incredible memory, and I think it was in spring of 97, I would have been a seventh grader, um, and I was at the state track meet, and I watched the incredible Jill Thieler, and Jill epitomized absolutely what it was to be a sportswoman and what it meant to be a South Dakota athlete, and that was sort of where that seed was planted. I didn't know that I was going to be a sprinter, but I thought, if I invest in track and field, boy, I want to emulate this young woman. And she was just an incredible person. And later into my career, actually when I broke her state record, I had never had a conversation with Jill, but she did send me an email. Oh, and it nice. was just super uplifting and, and something that has just stuck with me all these years. You know, back in 2014, uh, my good friend, then Rapid City Journal reporter Patrick Duffy, he listed you as one of the 10 greatest Rapid City cobbler athletic figures of all time. Of course, there was 
Euclid Cobb, who, of course, the cobblers are named after, Adam Vinatieri, Dave Strain, John Dutton, Arrow Amo, uh, Colette Christensen, who was in gymnastics. Arrow, by the way, was in wrestling. And then you had, in the top ten, four track athletes. The great Annie Vollmer, Tony Smorgowitz, Jasmine King, and you. Now, what does that say? Four of the greatest athletes from Rapid City Central were tracksters. Oh, you know, I absolutely, when you, you say those names, I just get goosebumps. Yeah, I, in the 90s, I grew up um, on the south side of Rapid City. And, and back in that day, that was in the shadow of this immense high school with such a rich history that was Rapid City Central. And, you know, for many years, admittedly, I didn't know that a cobbler was a shoemaker, but <laughs> I knew that we, we were named after Euclid Cobb, this South Dakota Hall of Fame coach that I think coached upwards of um, seven years of undefeated football championships and just an indelible figure in the eyes of all of us young kids wanting to someday be a cobbler. <laughs> you mentioned Adam Vinatieri um, and the absolute mythical creature in my world that was Annie Vollmer. Oh, yeah. you know, I never met her personally, but if you were a cobbler and you were a track athlete, you ran by those records every day. And you saw Annie Vollmer and you saw a picture of Adam Vinatieri. And it was something that I don't think any of us ever took lightly, the rich history and the legacy of what it meant to be a cobbler. And I, I was quite surprised, actually, you know, to be listed in Mr. Duffy's <laughs> list of incredible athletes, but so honored. Vollmer came before you. Uh, she was in the early 90s, 90s, and of course she ran the hurdles. Did you ever consider trying to run the hurdles? You know, that, that's, it's funny you say that, Craig. I really, in my mind, never really saw myself as much of a track and field athlete. And, you know, I was all of, I think, maybe 85 pounds and 5'9 as an eighth grader. And here I was <laughs> running for, you know, this powerhouse that was Rapid City Central. And, um, you know, I, I thought, well, maybe I have long legs. I can jump. I grew up in middle school being a high jumper. Maybe I should be a hurdler. But I slowly realized that those individuals like an Annie Vollmer, um, a Sarah Miller, a Courtney Murray, those are different animals in and of themselves. And that was not in my repertoire to be <laughs> jumping hurdles by any stretch. So what was training like uh, for you when you were preparing to uh, run the sprints? What were you doing to prepare for that? You no, know, as as I look back on that, I realize you know there it was never really an off season for me. Um, I had wonderful coaches, I had fabulous parents, um, the support team behind me. Um, you know that you look back on the achievements of, of you know what culminated in my career. There's absolutely no shortage of individuals behind that. But training, um, when you were at Rapid City Central and you're training. It is absolutely a family affair. Um, we never had the depth of, say, a Rapid City Stevens, but we had a core group of athletes that were nothing short of phenomenal and consistent day in and day out. Mm -hmm. And I think that sort of became our mantra, right? Show up the next day better than you did the day before. Um, we may, you know, I would run with Leah Jackson every day you know, running up the inclines inside of Rapid City Central. We had no track. 
we competed day in and day out. And then when we got on the track, we did our best to perform and, and represent. So training was just a wonderful experience. And it was really a bonding experience for all of us, no matter if you are on the track or on the field. Was there long distance running in your training? Uh, was there steps? Uh, was there weight training? What was the, the biggest thing you did? Uh, as, Cause you were, <laughs> you're only running a hundred meters, a hundred, hundred meters or 200 meters. Um, yeah. it, it is explosive, uh, to run those. Uh, what, what kind of other training was involved? Well, there was often times at practice that I ran with the boys. Um, you would, you got in there and you pushed yourself. Um, coach Dolan was always very regimented in his workouts and, um, you know, to much my disdain, sometimes that meant not only running 400 meter dashes in practice, but also maybe in, in a, a track and field meet here and there. Mm. And the 400 was never my forte, but <laughs> he did a very good job um, of sort of mixing up those workouts. And he was always very cognizant of, you know, making sure I remember him saying, you want to peak at a certain time, right? I would say, coach, can we run more? Can I stay later? Can I do this? Can I do that? And he'd say, no, there is a process. There is a method to my madness. You just have to trust me. And, you know, in my naivete, I thought if you just go out and run as fast as you can, as long as you can, as many times as you can, that will pay off. But, you know, Coach Dolan and and absolutely Coach Hushka, who is a legend in and of himself, um, Kim Richardson and Mrs. Jasinski, they all worked together as this incredible team of mentors. Um, and they're their workouts were like lesson plans. Worst injury you had and how you overcame it? I was very, very lucky. Um, I never had any physical injuries. Um, now, maybe some mental setbacks. <laughs> My sophomore year um, was one of those that I would classify as maybe a mental setback. Um, all signs pointed toward um, a repeat of my, my freshman year of winning the one and the two again. And I was running all the times and, and performing and, and slowly at the end there, I, I became tired. And I think maybe the weight of some of the expectations sort of became a little too much. And so that was probably one of, at the time, felt like a major, major setback. But, you know, in hindsight, as an adult and as a parent, I think, wow, what a wonderful opportunity that was to learn and grow as a person and to have some mental fortitude and mental toughness. And so I was really lucky in that regard, nothing physical, um, but, you know, opportunities that allowed me to grow as a better competitor. You know, Megan, a lot of success on the outdoor track, but how about in the, uh, the winter time? What was there, was there some indoor track that you were doing? Uh, how did you stay prepared uh, or in shape when it came, uh, when there was uh, snow all over the place. <laughs> Absolutely. Not only in the winter time, but even in, in the springtime, I do have to say, you know, Rapid City Central, we did not have a track. We ran indoors in the hallway. And if you ever <laughs> interview another Rapid City Central cobbler, all you'll have to say is green carpet. There was green carpet down this hallway and each one of us knew exactly how many inclines there were how hard you had to pump your arms to get up that last incline. And once we passed to the, the science department, that was where it ended. Um, so it was sort of just ongoing all the time. And, and I remember after my sophomore year, after 
feeling defeated at my performance at the state track meet, um, I went up to Coach Hushka's classroom at the time and I said, Coach, I'm ready. I'm ready. And there's snow on the ground. And, oh. and he said, no, I need you to go. I need you to go rest. <laughs> but oftentimes in the winter, it was filled with, um, you know, a lot of, we had a great program called P3 in Rapid City. It was sort of a strength and training program. We would do that. Uh, we'd also do that in the summer. And, uh, but really, we cut our teeth at Rapid City Central inside the long hallway mm. filled with green carpet, no matter what the season. <laughs> Megan, you got the chance to be involved with the Howard Wood Dakota Relays. Of course, it's one of the biggest track meets in the region. It's held in Sioux Falls. You know, you won the 100-meter dash, I think, three times with the Howard Wood Dakota Relays. Uh, I think yeah. your freshman, your sophomore, and your junior year. Yeah. What was going through your mind as a freshman? Here you're at a really big track meet. There's a lot of people in the stands. You're just a freshman. Howard Wood Relays, 100-meter dash. What was going yeah. through your mind at that time? You know, again, when you say Howard Wood, I get goosebumps. Any track athlete knows that there is nothing like the atmosphere and the environment that is Howard Wood. Um, from my perspective, I think I enjoyed Howard Wood Dakota Relays even more than the state track meet because it was this this opportunity that you got for the first time ever that you could run against individuals from different classes, um, usually in the form of a special race, um, whether that be the, the 200, the 400, the 800, and an alternate every year. But my senior year, I was not able to run the 100-meter dash because I was in the special 200. Um, but I remember being an eighth grader at Howard Wood Relays, being a freshman, you know, it was, um, it was a wonderfully overwhelming experience. Um, just the crowd is incredibly supportive. The, um, the announcers there, I will never forget the sound of that announcer's name. And he was always incredibly gracious to me. Um, but it was incredibly exciting to be there and to be sitting in the blocks of hundred meter dash at Howard Wood Stadium. It's just an incredible opportunity. That was probably Greg Merrigan, who was the uh, the PA announcer. He's been doing that for many, many, many years, and he is uh, he is one of the good ones. Who were well, if some... I ever was able to meet him, I would thank him for always building up my confidence and, and making some memories that my parents were able to catch on, on video. So I appreciate that from him. Who were some of the other sprinters that you had to go up against? Uh, you know, you're, you're lining up at a meet and you're getting ready to run the hundred and you look to your left, you look to your right. I think you saw mm -hmm. a lot of the same sprinters, uh, let's just say during your senior year, who were some of those? In fact, one of those, I think was, uh, was a, was a cobbler too. Absolutely. Miss Leah Jackson. Yeah. Um, we, there was Leah, um, from Rapid City Central I think there would have been Ramsey Pagel from Rapid City Stevens. Um, Brittany Garner from Stevens. Yes, Brittany Garner. Uh -huh. I think she was a few years younger than me, but Brittany Garner was there. Absolutely. Um, there was, let's see, people from Sturgis. There was Amanda Williams from Sturgis that was always consistently there. Um, you know, that cast of those those eight young ladies was fairly consistent for a good two, uh -huh. two or three years there. And incredible opponents. You talked about the special event your senior year at the Howard Wood uh, Dakota Relays. They uh, chose you uh, to run that special event, which was 
the 200-meter dash that year. Some of the best 200-meter runners in the region were there, including Steph Gebhardt of Elkton. You guys were the headliners, and you won that race in tenths, less than tenths of a second. What was that day leading up to that special event? Oh, it was absolutely incredible. Um, and I would be remiss to say that, uh, you know, Steph Gebhardt was an incredible athlete, obviously. And she and I went as far back as days of the Hershey track meet um, uh, in elementary school. And, and I believe that was the one and only time that she and I were able to go head to head. You know, leading up to that event, there was quite a buildup. Um, and I remember that day, I, I think it was on a Friday, the special event was always early on in Howard Wood. And we had a long bus ride, an incredibly long bus ride from Rapid City to Sioux Falls. And Coach Hushka drove the bus so that he could make sure we stopped enough so that I could continually <laughs> warm up throughout that bus ride. I mean, you talk about a family environment. We were we were small but mighty, and here my coach was driving the bus. A lot of, you know, my teammates weren't necessarily competing that night. And I remember checking into the hotel room, and I had to go in and change and put my number on my uniform. And I came out of the hallway, and all of my teammates were lined up there. You know, just incredible support that that was. And, and it meant something to them, too. And to me, I... I, I quickly realized I represented so much more than Megan, Tr- mm. Megan Trotter. I represented Rapid City Central and all those kids lined up in the hallway, all of those incredible coaches, you know, and in that regard, that's probably my most memorable experience. And as far as the race goes, I think the headline the next day said something about Steph Gebhardt and I legs clenched, you know, it was, I think they referred to it as a dog fight. Um, and it really was. I don't think either her or myself ran anywhere close to our best time. But what an incredible matchup that was. Um, and what an incredible athlete, you know, Steph Gebhardt was. It was probably my number one as far as individual accomplishments. That's right up there. You won by three hundredths <laughs> of a second. Did you know right away when you were done that you had won the race? Oh, no. You know, when you get in an environment like Howard Wood, there is something about the energy from the crowd. It is it's almost deafening. And for some reason that day, the only people I could hear in the stands were my mom, dad, and my sister. Mm. And there was a tone. There was sort of my mom's voice. I heard her. And it kind of raised an octave. And I thought, oh, maybe, <laughs> maybe I didn't get that. <laughs> so, no, it was kind of finishing the race. And I remember her and I were lined up, you know, they would corral you there and you were just waiting to see a a time flash up on the screen, you know, so it was kind of a nail biter. But, you know, in that moment, I think the overwhelming sense of of all of it was I just got to be a part of something that I felt was pretty historic. Megan, how much confidence did you have as a senior knowing that you'd run a ton of 100 meter, 200 meter races, you're involved with relays, you'd won a lot of them. Um, how much confidence did you have as a senior? Yeah, I think the biggest thing as a sprinter, the, 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 the worst thing you can do is have a lot of confidence because there is such a finite amount of time in the 100 meter dash from the, getting in those blocks to the finish line. You really cannot make any mistakes. 
especially for somebody like me that didn't reach top speed until at least 50 meters, if not 60 meters in. Um, I, I had confidence in knowing that I had done the work. That was always my mantra. When you got up to the starting line, that should be the easiest thing you ever do in your career. Everything else should take over because the work should have been done. And that was sort of my mantra leading in to individual events that senior year was make sure the work is done ahead of time and let everything else happen. Um, it, it was a little different when it came to, to relays. Um, relays were a different animal in and of itself because I basically only had to show up and grab a baton. <laughs> the, the changing cast of characters that I was able to run a four by one and a four by two with from my eighth grade year to my senior year was nothing shy of incredible. Um, but leading into that senior year, especially those relays, one of my best friends, Sarah Miller, um, Jay Jasinski, and of course, Leah Jackson, I think we knew um, that we had, we were, we had a lot to live up to and we didn't carry that lightly. We, we really dug in and did the work and, Wow, what an amazing time and so much fun those relays were. I don't know that there was ever a time that I ever ran from behind. Did you start the relay or were you the anchor? I was the anchor. As you should have been. <laughs> As you should have been. Um, let's go to the state track meet, your senior year. Um, you're in the 100, the 200, and you're in two relays. You're, you're not in any uh, field events at all. The 100-meter dash, it's you, Leah Jackson, your teammate. You got Pagel of Stevens. Garner of Stevens is in that race. You know, I'm assuming you'd seen all three of those girls throughout the track season. So uh, what were the nerves like in the finals for the 100? Oh, absolutely. You know, those that cast of characters were the same for many years. Um, you know, that senior year was pretty overwhelming. It was the culmination of, you know, five years of a lot of hard work and it represented, you know, kind of the closing of a chapter. So that was never lost on me either. But, you know, I do remember getting in the block for that hundred meter dash and here I was in my hometown. Um, you know, I had my grandparents who were aging that couldn't travel to Sioux Falls that were there. Um, it was just a really moving experience, you know, and, and I, I remember at the end of, of the race, you know, all of us girls kind of giving each other the all-knowing nod of, <laughs> wow, what uh -huh. an amazing chapter we just closed. Yeah. And, you know, what an honor it is to run against girls that, you know, are at the top of their field. It, it was it was just an incredible honor. It was 12.31, your 100-meter dash <laughs> win. You beat your teammate by a butt, well, just over a tenth of a second. <laughs> That's amazing. It was so close. It was so close between Jackson and, you know, Pagel was, was about, what, three-tenths of a second behind you. I mean, it was an amazing 100-meter race. Yeah, sure, absolutely. And like I said before, you know, there is no room for error in a race like that. No room. Well, you had the same, uh, same lineup in the 200-meter dash. Same right. uh, in the same results. You beat your teammate by uh, about four-tenths of a second. What was it like in the 200-meter? Because that came later in the meet after the 100-meter dash. Absolutely. The 100 was always one of the first, and the 200 was always one of the last. And so, you know, you had to maintain that mental fortitude and that focus 
throughout the day. And I give credit to all track and field athletes. I don't know any other sport that you are in the elements all day long, you know, waiting for your event to come up. But, you know, again, that 200 was, um, it it was a, a moving experience as well. You know, I think all of us sort of knew that, wow, we had all together accomplished something, whether or not we wore a cobbler uniform or a Stevens Raider uniform. You know, when you talk about being a a sportswoman and a competitor, your job is to raise everybody up. (laughs) And I I hope that those girls looking back now have that same feeling as I do too. You know, we, together we accomplished great things, no matter who was first, second, third, or eighth place, you know, to be a part of something and to not only represent your school, but your state to that degree and that caliber was, was amazing. I'm not bragging at all. Uh, uh, Megan on this. I was a sprinter in high school. Uh, here, here's the deal. And you would have beaten me by seconds in, 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 in the hundred, but I always had problems with the blocks. I could never feel comfortable in blocks. And it was almost like I'd rather not have blocks. Uh, how comfortable, how long did it get you to be comfortable in the blocks? You know, I, I had a love hate relationship with the blocks, you know, solely based on the fact that the physics of somebody like me, you know, being 5'9", to get my legs moving and to have a quick start, you know, I was always working against the physics of it. (laughs) Um, So I decided early on that I was going to change my my mentality. You know, I, I was always aware that I didn't kick it into the last year until at least halfway through the race. And so I was going to take that time in the blocks, you know, to, again, remind myself of, of what an honor it is to be a competitor and wear the Rapid City Central uniform. And also, you know, remind yourself the work has been done. And as my my dad would famously tell me before every race, Godspeed, kid. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Your senior year, state track meet. Of course, Stevens won the girls' title that year. But Rapid City Central would win both the 4 by one and the 4 by 2 in the four by one, you beat Stevens by about a half second. In the four by two, you beat Stevens by just over a second. Even though you didn't win the state title, uh, the relay wins probably was very f- refreshing for you against uh, going up against the other Rapid City team. Yeah, you know what a what a healthy, wonderful rivalry that was, and you know that goes back so far even before you know, our era. I remember being an eighth grader and running with, you know, being in the same situation with Amber Abrams, Becky Svalstad, you know, Courtney Murray or Courtney McGuire, excuse me. And this, you know, a a cast of characters from Stevens being right there on your heels. And, you know, I look back at, at our team as a whole and what we accomplished is that at that state track meet. And I think I'm most proud of that. We never had the depth of a, a Rapid City Stevens but you look at the the um, the results of that meet, and you know we had people that we were hoping would be in top eight performed and were top three. I mean, everybody really brought the best version of themselves at that state track meet, and we came close to beating Rapid City Stevens. But that was wonderful, I think, for <laughs> for all of us. Well, you held the fastest time for the girls' hundred meter dash for a while. Eric Kinney of Harrisburg now has the record, Megan. She did that oh, in, in 2019. 
a time of 11.85. Of course, Jasmine King of Rapid City Central, she clocked in at 11.98. Your senior year, I think you ran, what, 12.3? How close did you get to uh, under 12? <laughs> I, I broke the state record, I think it was in April, I think April 17th of 2003, and they clocked me in at 11.63. Um, and the previous time was by Jill Seeler, eleven six six, And I want to say that um, it, I don't know that that was an FAT time. And I think that had been amended yes. to maybe be eleven um, six six. But uh, yeah, that was probably the fastest that I had ever run. And I look back on that race and it was a hot day. And I always loved a hot day because I meant a hot track <laughs> and fast feet and um that was a, a wonderful day, but yes, absolutely. I don't know that um, that was something that could be repeated oftentimes, 11.63 or 11.66, whatever that was. But if you can ever get under 12, especially in the conditions that are South Dakota, rain, shine, wind, you know, snow, <laughs> wind, whatever that is, uh, it, it's a pretty incredible you know, experience. And to those athletes that could do it consistently, and I give them great respect. You chose Colorado State after uh, high school. Why Colorado State? Well, I think it's important to keep in mind, too, you know, growing up in, in Rapid City, we had another mythical figure that was Becky Hammond. And Becky Hammond herself was um, a Ram at CSU and, um, you know, kind of an indelible figure, I think, in all young, uh, young women growing up in that time and still obviously you know, to this day, unfortunately, I was not recruited um, by any um, in-state colleges. So I really um, was recruited by Colorado State. I went on some trips to the University of Wyoming, University of Kansas, and then the University of Nebraska wanted to make me a 400-meter hurdler. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I thought, oh, goodness. Oh, that'd be <laughs> oh, a change. But Colorado State was just an incredible, um, incredible program. And the, the reason I, I really ended up choosing them is because it most closely represented, you know, the, the family and the team that, that I had come from, which when you get to the level of a Division One athlete, um, you know, that, that's sort of hard to find because in some respects, you know, it, it is a job and, and you do have to, to treat it that way. So I chose them because I, I felt like this was so reminiscent of, of my time as a, as a cobbler. Mm -hmm. But you only ran one year, right? Only one year of track at Colorado State. I, I did. I did. I decided early on with my coaches that my freshman year, would I would redshirt, save a year of eligibility. And, you know, when you get to that level, you may have been a standout at your respective school, but everybody there is a standout. And so you have to sort of – take time to, you know, decipher what role do you play on that team and, and, you know, how you sort of fit in. And, and I decided that I wanted that freshman year to be that for me. Um, you know, I had a job to do for, for the Colorado state Rams and I wanted to do it to the best of, of my ability. And, and I, I was on the road to doing that, but, you know, unfortunately I did have some family tragedy and um, I lost my greatest coach of all time, who was my dad. So my life took, um, you know, it, it was an opportunity to maybe close one chapter. And, and for the first time in my life, <laughs> I was not a student athlete, but I was a student. 
I was an academic and, um, you know, I really poured myself into all of the, the classes and everything, all of the knowledge I could get my hands on at Colorado State and, you know, and, and indebted to them because this, the track and field team still supported me throughout that time. And I got what I feel is a world-class education. Were there any other opportunities later on that you thought, you know what, maybe I'll try to go back? Or was that decision pretty final for you? You know, a- absolutely. When you, you know, when something like track and field is in, in your DNA, boy, it is, it is difficult to walk away from. But I, I really tried to lean into um, a lot of the um, lessons that, you know, my parents had taught me. You know, you have to not only you don't perform for yourself, you perform for your team and for, for you know, for the, the group as a whole. You know, that is that is your duty. And I knew that at that time I was I was really young and, you know, I needed I needed some time to sort of heal emotionally and and grieve. And uh, I really wanted to if I was going going to go back. I told myself it had to be at that level of mental fortitude that carried me all throughout my my years as a central cobbler. And until then, you know, it may be time to retire. <laughs> but it's tough at times, isn't it, to uh, make it final, no doubt. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You have a seven-year-old daughter now. Um, what's keeping you busy today? Oh, well, absolutely. I have a seven-year-old daughter who keeps me incredibly humble at every um, step of the way. In fact, one of her um, elementary teachers said to her the other day, hey, I remember your mom. She's Megan Trotter. She's really fast. And <laughs> it took my daughter maybe two seconds to look at that teacher and say, yeah, but I'm faster. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> so oh, she great. has just been obviously, uh, you know, a wonderful, wonderful blessing in, in my life. And, you know, and also on top of that, um, I'm a master's prepared registered nurse, and for this last decade, I've had the immense honor of of serving not just my community but the veterans. And I I work for the VA, and um, I have served the VA Black Hills for the last ten years. And for the better part of this last year, um, I'm now a registered nurse for a, a program based out of Philadelphia, which our mission is to bring world class teleneurology care mm. to veterans in rural areas. What kind of care? Um, teleneurology. So what is that? A, a national teleneurology program. So what we do is we serve veterans that have um, certain needs, whether that be memory, traumatic brain injuries, um, movement disorders such as Parkinson's or you know, the devastating ALS. We bring services from world-class neurologists all over the country to veterans, essentially, we bring a service into their backyard. So thank you for your I, service, Megan. Thank you for doing well, that. Th- well, thank you, thank you. It's 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 been an honor to serve those those veterans, and then to also continue to do it for for those of the Black Hills. As a runner, uh, a sprinter, uh, your daughter, I assume, wants to be like her mother. Do you think she'll be involved in track and or other <laughs> sports? You know, I, I tread lightly. Um, when it comes to that, I, she came home the other day and said, I didn't know that you were fast. (laughs) And I said, well, you know, 
the biggest accomplishment I've ever made in my life is, is to be your, your mother and, and to watch you grow and achieve things. And, mm. and right now there's absolutely no shortage of adventures um, <laughs> that she takes me on um, or causes that she invests herself in. Our most recent cause is we're going to save the bees. So I will be building a beehive. I'm not sure how we do that. Uh, she's just an incredible little kid that loved to sing and dance. Um, and obviously those were not skills that I had. So I'm leaning into whatever it is at the moment that, that makes her little heart happy. I am 110% her biggest fan. Last one here for you, Megan. What did your career and track do to get you ready for today? what you're doing today. I was so lucky in the fact that I had parents who grew up being athletes in a very small town in and of themselves. And they instilled within me, you know, how important it is for young girls, especially to have opportunities to grow their self-confidence, you know, to really build the fundamentals of your character. And it just so happened, you know, that the stars aligned and that I became a sprinter for Rapid City Central. But I learned what perseverance is. You know, it, it doesn't mean that you show up every day and you win and, and everything is great. You know, life is the culmination of ups and downs and it's, it's how you handle yourself in the down moments and how you choose to raise other people up. And, and I hope that in some small way that maybe my time as, as a cobbler maybe inspired, you know, another young athlete to do the same thing and, you know, to lift everybody up around them because, you're only as good as the last record. The idea is you want somebody not to only come in and beat that record, but shatter it and raise the bar. So track and field and sports in general and my time as a cobbler really set the stage that I hope for what has made me into a woman of integrity and that serves other people. If you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Programs such as this are only possible through the continued support of our listeners like you. For South Dakota Public Broadcasting, I'm Craig Maddock. Join us again on the next episode of In Play.